Joining Yahoo Finance Presents now is Maggie Saravelli, Fidelity Investments CFO. Maggie, good to see you here. Thanks for taking the time. I was thinking about uh, your role at, at Fidelity and, and taking a step back, how do you become the CFO of a company like this? Well, uh, thank you for having me, Brian, and uh, a nice uh, welcome to, to everyone uh, listening here. Um, you know, that, that is a, a great question because uh, my journey had, has not been what many may think of as a traditional uh, journey to becoming the CFO of a financial services company like, like Fidelity. Uh, a little bit about uh, my background uh, and, and my journey might um, provide for others some inspiration for, uh, you know, achievements that can occur without necessarily having a defined plan. Um, so I am a first-generation Cuban-American here in the United States and also a first-generation college graduate in my family and um, started working in financial services, believe it or not, as a bank teller when I was in college. And that started me uh, on the journey of focusing on finance as an area of focus for me and, uh, and then from there went on to, to uh, work in various uh, different roles within finance um, in uh, JP Morgan, for example, and uh, internal audit, in capital markets, in technology, in operations, and in investing. And what it provided me was an opportunity to really learn the broader aspects of all things in the finance world. And then um, joining Fidelity in a completely different role, uh, really focused on the client and institutional clients in particular, and how we could uh, help them to onwardly support and benefit their end customers. And that really gave me a passion for really driving towards uh, problems uh, and solutions for those problems that our customers were having. And then had uh, a wonderful opportunity to, to move into the healthcare space here at Fidelity. And, and then ultimately uh, back into finance. So, you know, kind of did the full circle uh, back in, but I would just say that my experience on the business side, the customer perspective brings a different lens to what I bring to the CFO role here. And so I just uh, say to everyone, uh, sometimes it's not a direct uh, line to your ultimate goals, but um, it's just about all the tools you can put in the toolbox and how you further enhance what you bring to the table. Out of all those first-time jobs that you were able to uh, look for or think about, why, why bank teller? So, you know, it was very practical for me. Uh, I uh, went to school locally and uh, needed a part-time job. And at the time, uh, banking was very different than what it is today. And most of the banking was done in person. And so there were uh, long hours uh, where the banks were open until late in the evening. So I was able to benefit from being able to go to school during the day and then work part-time hours in the evening. And um, it was local. And again, as I said, was a great opportunity for me to start to understand a bit of the benefits of, uh, of banking and finance uh, within my local community. How did your parents weave in financial discussions when you were a young, young child? So as you can imagine, as uh, you know, new immigrants to the to the country and uh, really starting out uh, from scratch, having you know had careers elsewhere and, and having to start over, uh, a tremendous amount of focus on number one the importance of education, uh, 
and um, understanding that with having a, a proper foundation, uh, then it's up to you to go forward and, and achieve what you need to achieve. And a tremendous amount of focus on being uh, mindful of even with uh, you know a, a small paycheck, the importance of setting aside money uh, for savings and emergency savings uh, on a regular basis and being smart about investing and your spending. So uh, for me, it was always something uh, from when I was very young that was instilled in me as as far as you know just being diligent about. Uh, taking care of not only the here and now, but also the future. Maggie, that is a, a remarkable story to go from bank teller to the CFO of Fidelity. I, I imagine you had some obstacles along the way. Did you have some mentors and, and how did you overcome that? So uh, great question. Uh, yes, uh, to both of those, you know, challenges along the way. Again, um, I was working in financial services and in an area of you know, trading um, and capital markets when it was a very male dominated, continues to be very much male dominated, but I think we've come a long way uh, today versus where, where I started. And uh, the need to you know, demonstrate um, capability and uh, credibility in that, um, in that environment was critically important. Um, and so those were the challenges. Uh, and along the way, I was very blessed to have mentors, both uh, men and women, who were able to provide me with some of those uh, guideposts uh, that help you to overcome uh, the challenges. And in many cases, were uh, reinforcing and more confident in my capabilities and abilities than I was myself. And I think many of us need that. Very often, we second guess our abilities and it's uh, very reinforcing when it's someone else who gives you that boost to say, no, not only can you do it, but you, you are the best choice. Uh, and, and that helped me tremendously along my career. What's the best advice you ever got? So the best advice that I ever got was that uh, you don't need to have all the answers and you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. And in order to advance and uh, progress. It's about being a team player and surrounding yourself with people that complement uh, what you bring to the table, ultimately to deliver the best that you can for your customers. I, I was reading uh, the press release when you were appointed uh, CFO of Fidelity and in one word stuck out to me, and, and I would say you're paying, you're paying it forward, mentorship. Uh, you've mentored a lot of employees inside of Fidelity. What are some of the questions that young women and men, for that matter, come to you and ask you in this type of environment. Yes. So I think, you know, I think if you think about where we are today and the challenges that we've had over the last two years with, with COVID, we are certainly at an inflection, an inflection point for sure. Um, we look at our workforce and it certainly includes more women today. Um, and that ultimately helps us to provide more relevant products and services. So many of the employees and associates within our company are very uh, forthcoming and passionate about really making a difference and helping us to deliver those experiences and products that make a difference. And what we've learned over time is that uh, by focusing, for example, on women investors, that designing for one but benefiting many uh, really helps us to not only improve the experience for 
women, but more broadly for our entire uh, customer base. And so that has been, you know, very, very positive for us. I think the return to office uh, right now is uh, an area that um, many people are anxious about uh, and what the hybrid workforce uh, will be and what it brings from a flexibility perspective um, is, is a challenging experience. And, and also I think uh, the concern that people may have about um, you know, the, the loss of connectivity over the course of the last two years with networking and in-person in conversations, a lot of what we talked about with, you know, that I benef benefited from with respect to mentoring. Uh, continues to be a challenge. So that there's this dichotomy of, you know, continuing to want the flexibility work from anywhere, but yet understanding that there's value, very considerable value to having that in-person experience. And so a lot of the mentorship is around how do we, and, and it's reverse mentorship to me, right? In the role that I'm in and helping to uh, form our point of view as to what is the best way forward. So it's not just a one-way street from the employer to the employee, but we need to hear from the employees back. So as much as I spend time mentoring individuals about what this all means and, and how we're gonna carry forward in perhaps a, I know it's not gonna be completely post COVID, but in hopefully a post pandemic and more of an endemic uh, situation, it's incredibly valuable for me that the, the, the benefits that I get through those conversations to help us formulate how best to address the, uh, the workforce of the future going forward, both for our associates and obviously, ultimately, the goal here is to ensure that we are set to attract the talent, retain our talent, and most importantly, to deliver the best that we can for our customers. And so it's the combination of all of those pieces coming together that is extraordinarily beneficial to me as I, as I provide time and, and mentorship to, to my associates. Well, speaking of the future, uh, the pandemic, it's, it's almost hard to believe this has been going on for over two years, but through it all, uh, there has been a next generation of women investors reclaiming how they think about their own financial future. What are you hearing uh, from women clients? How are they investing? Where do they want to invest? How do they want to invest? So, um, yeah, I think that there has been a significant amount of focus um, to really think about, as I said, not only the, the here and now, but, but the future of, of all of the women um, that we have as, as customers and, and their, their focus and attention on their uh, investing prowess. And so, uh, you know, a lot of capabilities that have had been provided in the past that are now, you know, being um, more focused on is uh, the capabilities of online connectivity, um, more Zoom like what you and I are doing at the moment, uh, creating a bit more freedom for um, not only women, but all of our customers to engage with uh, financial planning, et cetera. Um, and we are seeing promising progress in the way women are taking control of their financial futures, particularly uh, younger women. and. You know, a few data points um, that uh, we have that I think we've just recently published in the, in the past week or so is that more than ever, um, I think we're seeing about 66% of women investing outside of their retirement accounts. Uh, women are starting a lot 
earlier in, in this journey. So on average, next generation of women uh, started investing in brokerage accounts at around the age of 21, um, compared to age 30 for older women who started to invest during that same um, time frame. And they tend to invest with purpose. When asked, you know, kind of what they are most proud of in respect to their finances, women report events that have been, have much more personal meaning and purpose. Things like achieving important goals for themselves or their family and using money to make a difference or leaving a legacy for their children. And while it's evident among all women, it's a lot higher among the generation, uh, you know, the younger generation of our client base. I'll leave it there. Uh, really, Maggie, just a, a phenomenal story. Thank you for joining Yahoo Finance. Maggie Saravalli, Fidelity Investments CFO. Good to see you. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much.